Hello and welcome to the Jenny Talks podcast. In this episode, I talk to Andy Campbell. Andy is a long-term youth worker and coach who is absolutely passionate about mental health in youth work, not only for young people, but also for youth workers. Uh, we discuss all sorts of things, including the need to be honest with our young people rather than giving pat answers in difficult circumstances, the power of the phrase, I don't know, and failure, how to negotiate this with, with young people, as well as imposter syndrome, anxiety, um, this idea that keeps coming back to us on the podcast about bringing our youth with us and the pressure that this can then create. We talk about hope amidst depression and difficult circumstances and also a little bit about the management of youth ministry, recognising the tendency for workers in churches to have a bit of a saving complex and how we can try and guard against this. I really enjoyed this conversation with Andy. It was it was great. Um, you can find him on his coaching website, um, also on LinkedIn and Twitter, and I'll put all of those links into the show notes so that you can um, click through from there. I hope that you enjoy this, um, and I hope that... Know in the middle of this youth worker wellbeing week that we are all looking after ourselves. Um, it's it's such a it, today is such an interesting day for all sorts of things, all sorts of reasons, including the U.S. election and the day before the U.K. enters or the England enters the next lockdown phase. So um, what, look out for yourself, won't you? Take care, and um, I hope that you enjoy this conversation coming up. In just a moment. Hi, Andy, and welcome to the Jenny Talks podcast. It's really great to have you here. Thanks, Jenny. Um, As we begin then, would you like just to give us a little introduction to yourself? Sure. So my name's Andy Campbell. I'm currently a life coach um, and a trainer, qualified mental um, health first aider. Um, I've been a youth worker since I was 16, which was a few years back. And I've worked in a number of contexts over the years. I've worked for um, local churches, national organisations, I've taught at both CYM and Oasis. I've been a chaplain at secondary schools. Um, and I, I'm currently a youth work supervisor at, as well as, as, as coaching adults and young people. That's great. That's great. And we've discovered, haven't we, that um, our, we, we've both been youth workers for a really long time now. Um, our paths have crossed in the, in the sense that we've both worked for different organisations. Yeah. I've trained with Oasis, work, worked for CYM, um, and actually also have been a youth worker in a secondary school um you know not the same secondary school (laughs) um and actually I was a teacher although I felt very much more like a youth worker in a teacher's kind of with a teacher hat on if you like um but yeah so uh, in terms of long-term youth work um you know we've we've kind of both been there and it's and different ways of doing it as we've as we've gone through our experiences so that's great um this particular episode of the podcast is going to be going out during Youth Work Week, which mm-hmm. will be Wednesday, the 4th of November. And my theme for that week is going to be looking at youth worker well-being. Now, obviously, in the current kind of climate that we're in, um, this has been a real challenge all round, really. Yeah. Um, mental health has been such a huge um, kind of part of the discussion around the pandemic and... and um, not that not that COVID-19 has suddenly made everybody's mental health much worse than it was previously, I don't think. Um, but obviously it has added an extra layer of yeah. um, of kind of complexity and um, stress, I think. You know, somebody that I've um, listened to recently was talking about 
stress levels being much higher so where they might have been lapping around our feet or mm. around our ankles or knees um you know with the advent of the pandemic and the lockdown and then the uncertainties that have come since then we've now got stress that's much um closer to our heads and that's yeah. that's can be quite a significant um for many of us so in terms of youth work in this kind of covid era and i am resisting calling it post covid because i yeah. don't think we're in anywhere close to really being over it yet um what do, what do you think it is that our young people really need to know or they need to hear mm-hmm. yeah so i um, mean it's a really interesting question and and kind of as you asked it I'm, I'm thinking of like four or five different things that may or may not be the right thing I think that the main thing for me is that young people need to know that it will be okay. Mm. And and that's a really hard thing to do because obviously we're not wholly sure it will be okay or mm. we're not sure what okay will, will look like or when it will arrive or how it will feel. But um but we, we need to we need to live with them and, mm. and and have that discussion with ourselves as well to be sure. But mm. to say, you know, it, it will be okay. The impact of it is is real you know that thinking particularly of those kids who are at key stages of education you know the 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 the, year, the guys who were year 11 during lockdown who thought they were they were having a bit of time off school in march but it turned out they were they were graduating mm. you know and, and all the implications of that mm. um but but that it will be okay that, that that there are people working for them and with them to make to, to mitigate the the difficulties to navigate mm. the the difficult paths um and that whatever happens collectively we will still be together we will still have hope and possibility mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a really important thing um and as you say particularly difficult when the adults can't kind of <clears throat> excuse me we can't be sure mm. or we can't give those reassurances that we might have been able to give before when we know that you know teenagehood is a particularly turbulent time and and that will pass um, you know, actually, teenagehood is is still a turbulent time, yeah. and that bit will pass. But we've no idea actually what the world is going to look like once that once that has passed. Um, and I read something recently that sort of said um, that we need to, <clears throat> excuse me, be honest, yeah, um, and not try to pretend that everything is fine. But actually, being able to say to um, our kids, if we're parents or the young people we care for, if we do that. Um, that actually life is hard mm. life is and life is hard life is hard for for everybody and there are different reasons for why life is hard for different people but actually not trying to pretend and shield the shield children or young people from our own difficult emotions yeah. but actually kind of joining allowing them to join with us I guess in a way yeah I, I think genuinely and you know it sounds a little bit kind of cheesy I guess but genuinely it's a it's a it's an opportunity for us this this reality that you know often the temptation for youth workers for parents for teachers has been to kind of give quite pat answers to to Mm. the difficulties that teenagers particularly are facing Mm. and you know as you say all those kind of changes that adolescents Mm. particularly um particularly go go through but you know and I've said it before that um you know young people are are just people who happen to be young you know this kind of narrative that we often subconsciously adopt that that you you know your child you're unformed you're a teenager you're forming you're an adult you're formed you know those of us who've been adults for some time now we know <laughs> we're, we're still on a journey we know yeah. I mean, thank goodness I mean, literally thank god that, that i am 
I'm not stuck now. Mm. You know, I've mm. still got a journey to go. Mm. So having that, but it, the opportunity for me genuinely is to say, you know, I, I, I know, I know that the pat answer isn't good enough. Actually, mm. as a youth worker, I know that anyway. As a parent, I know that anyway, because I remember being a teenager and having the pat answers given to mm. me. Mm. But it's still such an instinctively easy thing for us to do as adults because we want to help them. We want to reassure them. We want to do the right thing. Mm. But those teenagers often, they know that the answer is not good enough. You know, they, they know that it's not acceptable. Whereas now we can go, do you know what? Life is really difficult. Mm. You know, uh, people are out of jobs. And the, the kind of the guarantees that we thought we had, the future that we thought we could plan for, mm. we just can't engage with in the same way. And we will never be able to engage with in the same way. Because even when we come out of COVID, if we do, however mm. that looks like, mm. you know, we've lived through it. We know that, that the future isn't as definite you know it's one of those it's been a great leveler I think mm. for those of us with with relative privilege you know we've we've been able to go well you know next year I'm going to go to Greece for holiday and we, we you know mm. it's like, barring a, a personal calamity that's what's happened mm. you know that's the you know what's the point yeah. now of, of making those kind of plans because you just don't know yeah but it is genuine it's an opportunity for young people. we can be real with young people in a way that we probably didn't give ourselves permission to be but we're forced to do now yeah 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 I think that's I think that's really true um and I think that um it's a really key thing it's I I noticed myself when I'm when I'm able to say to my my kids um you know things are things are shaky at the moment and I'm really sorry that I don't have a kind of I don't have an answer for this I wish that things were better yeah um and those those are the conversations that have felt much more um, authentic much more realistic um you know that it gives them permission then to join yeah. in with our and say yeah I feel this too and I'm and and um yeah that's been a it's been a really helpful the, thing as a parent there's such a powerful thing mm. you know the phrase I don't know mm. is so powerful and yet we we try and protect our kids from it and we try and protect yeah. ourselves from having to say it all yeah. the time because mm. we, we somehow again constructed this narrative where it's a weakness you know yeah. sometimes as you know good practitioners we've we've gone I don't know but I'll find out you know and, that, mm. and that's a great it's, it's a better place than I don't know it feels yeah. more comfortable but even that's not true now you know mm-hmm. sometimes the answer is going to be I don't know and I don't know how to find the answer or I don't know if I ever will know but yeah. again that authenticity that those conversations we have with one another as peers with mm. one as adults to, to young people young people to young people themselves mm. that authenticity of going I don't know but but let's make sure that we've still got each other's backs let's make yeah. sure that we're still looking out for each other yeah make sure that whatever happens we're going to make the best of it yeah you know for, for ourselves and for each other yeah again it's an opportunity I think if we can if we can yeah. have to take it yeah yeah and hasn't that really been a strength I think of um, of humanity if you like mm. in these um, pandemic times actually we have I think by and large the majority of people particularly in local communities have done that thing where they've gone we don't know but yeah. let's let's look out for each other let's make sure that we don't allow people to be to be hungry or we yeah. don't allow people to be um, lonely in, uh, you know in the way that we can um mitigate that so you know that might not mean going around there for a cup of coffee anymore but it might mean joining in with the neighbor's whatsapp group or you know the youth uh, the youth whatsapp group if 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 that's um how your how your communication works with young people so i think that's been one of the real strengths that we've seen 
um, from this, from these current kind of current very unstable and um, strange times that we're in. Yeah. And I think um, one of the things that's really key, perhaps for our young people, is the thing about failure and thinking about um, how important it is to be able to learn to fail well or to deal well with failure. Mm. Um, yeah. And you know, we see that, I think, also, you know, that comes alongside the honesty, doesn't it? It comes alongside the, I don't really know. I don't yeah. know how this is going to go. I don't know what the end result is going to be. Um, you know, we we can make a plan to do something next week, but actually <laughs> that plan may fail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's a really, it's a really important thing for our young people. Thinking back to the, um, the conversation, I think we were just having about... Um, exam results and you know how how that all happened for for those young people they the, their exam results were not by and large what they really yeah. um had been planning for them to be and you know rightly so there was there was um a big debacle over, over the whole the whole thing but i think that kids particularly perhaps those in school and tra doing that really important transition point of secondary school into college yeah um they need to know that failure isn't the thing, isn't the end, you know. Yeah, um, yeah and, and, and that's, uh, again, that's arguably more crucial now because the, the, mm. the fa failure or the appearance of failure is going to be more evident for a mm. lot of people, you know, mm. not just young people, but particularly, as we're saying, mm. you know, those key kind of transition ages, the, the exam mm. ages or what have you. And, you know, we all know, you know, every youth worker listening knows a young person in their group who, who's really, really not done as great with their mm -hmm. as they wanted to and whose parents are not helping at mm. the moment with that. Now, a lot of parents, you know, they're, re they're trying their best. They're just, they're making, you know, they're, they're, they're yeah. trying to move the kids up. They're doing, they're doing what they feel is right. But we know that privileged position of a youth work where, where mm -hmm. you have that honest conversation with that young person and they say, oh, you know, mum and dad are on my case mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and this, but having to kind of to, to help the young person negotiate what feels like failure mm -hmm. and at the risk of kind of being, you know, kind of classic, you know, new agey coachy approach, but that kind of, you know, of, of trying to reframe failure into mm -hmm. a, a mishap or a challenge mm -hmm. rather than a, rather than a definition of who mm -hmm. you are mm -hmm. you know so when I when I did youth work I used to often tell I used to tell the story of how I really really failed my A-levels you know I, I I was I was lazy I enjoyed going to the pub I enjoyed <laughs> listening to heavy metal and going to the gigs and I and I hated revision mm -hmm. and I kind of I, I blagged my way through GCSEs I was the first year to do GCSEs um, and then I came out of school with one A-level now mm -hmm. I not out of like an amazing, you know, self-esteem or um, determination, mm. be out of a drive of not wanting to get a job. Mm. I, I managed to, you know, I say blag my way onto university. I was very, very fortunate. I managed to get onto a de degree anyway. Yeah. But that thing of, you know, that coming out of school with, I was predicted, you know, high three, three or four high A levels, and I came out mm. with one grade E, and that could mm. have, could have defined me. It, mm. and it probably did define me I probably did let it define me to, to an extent but mm -hmm. it could have been the only part of my story it could have been like literally life-defining and, and, and a moment when I got stuck mm. but the reason I didn't get stuck was because my parents my youth workers my mm. peers said mm. well what can you do about mm. it what you know not not that kind of trite 
pick yourself up, dust yourself down stuff. But, you know, yeah. we're going to stand with you. You know, go yeah. and talk to this person. Go and have a conversation with this person. Yeah. Um, you know, where where is where is the possibility rather than where have the doors shut? And that, yeah. that kind of getting people into that head. I mean, that's coaching in a nutshell, actually. You know, yeah. trying to get people into that headspace isn't easy. It mm. takes time and persistence and you know it often takes somebody else it's why coaching yeah. is really important why other someone yeah. else is with you it yeah. often takes them saying do you know what you've shut that door mm. it's probably not locked mm. you know you've decided that it's locked but actually why don't you turn the handle why don't you give it a push and see what happens or mm. see another door you know whatever the metaphor is <laughs> yes yeah and I think that's a really important it's it's really yeah it's such an essential thing to have that additional person with you and I think you know youth work has traditionally been that hasn't it mm. for for many particularly perhaps within a, a faith kind of context a church yeah. context um certainly that's why I got into youth work was was to be that kind of that voice that said you're not done it's all, yeah. it's all right you just need you need to find the next thing yeah. um and and to be able to support our young people when they feel like they've kind of you know lost everything or failed everything or whatever it is um but I know now as an adult I have a coach and you know just yesterday I called him going I really stuffed this up and he went yeah. no you didn't <laughs> let's yeah. think about it properly shall we and it's just been really it's been a really valuable relationship for me yeah um to have that person who is not me <laughs> um who can who can kind of help me unpick something and uh, uh, and not let it just stew over and over in my head yeah well then, then so, so I, I, you know, I had a I had a client recently where, where where it was exactly that kind of thing where um they kept saying oh I, you know I I'm foolish I'm an idiot I'm stupid and mm-hmm. I would just I, I you know listen to them say for it and I just said well are, are you really those things or have you made some foolish decisions mm-hmm. you know and, and, and of course instantly they're like yeah yeah you know this person's you know well educated mm. you know a lot, there's lots of evidence that they could generate mm. that they weren't really stupid mm. but they felt stupid mm. at that moment they felt stupid about that decision that they've made mm. but, but then you know somebody else going and and as the individual giving somebody else the permission to say yeah well let, re, let's think that through and young people particularly again particularly those transition ages but I think yeah. you know failure the yeah. appearance of failure the appearance of you know I mean, the biggest thing for so many teenagers is looking stupid in front of somebody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and helping them work out that looking stupid and being stupid are different things. Yeah. Uh, it's really straightforward and simple, but it, yeah. with the experience is that they're yeah. just such yeah. a crucial piece of youth work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's really true. Um, and I think, you know, obviously kind of for our youth workers as well then, you know, dealing with all of this. So I... I I listened to something recently or I had a conversation recently actually on the podcast where um, we were talking about the fact that um, we bring our youth with us into our adulthood. So it's this way of looking at at youth and theology, actually. And I can't remember the the person's name of the guy who wrote this particular bit of research, but um, he was talking about, um, yeah, this idea that we don't leave our youth behind. We don't, as you said already, I think we don't kind of, we're not a young person and then uh, that's sort of forming and then an adult who is formed. Yeah. We are, we're all on, on a, a real journey and like a journey through life. It's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But I think it's a really, it is a really good picture. Yeah. Um, and we bring our youth 
with us and so when we if we are kind of if we do suffer from anxiety as a young person or if we do suffer from that kind of imposter syndrome type of I'm not good enough to be here sort of thing we we go we're going to bring that with us into our adult um life as 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 you've just said with the, the your client who you're coaching it's easy to put ourselves back into that oh so stupid what did I do why did I do it like that um and that feels like quite a young sort of expression if you like it's a it's a very black and white kind of way of thinking um and so our youth workers need and the earlier we can learn then the earlier we can learn how to deal with things like anxiety and overwhelm and failure the more tools we will have as an adult it's not going to go away because you know it doesn't um but the more tools we have then as an adult to be able to kind of um mitigate and to and to help ourselves know how we need to pull out of this particular situation yeah. at the moment yeah. um and i think and I, I love i love that i've come across that idea before about bringing bringing our youth with us okay yeah and, and it's it's really easy, like you know this is this is typically how i always approach things you like if if somebody says oh this thing illustrates this thing my instinct is always to go even if i agree with it it's like what what is the opposite how is it mm. also true in the opposite so the opposite is um you know it probably tells each of us listening to that quite a lot about ourselves. Like, I'm bringing my youth with me. Is that mm. energizing or is that deflating? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because for me, Oh my goodness, there's so much of the teenage Andy that I wish I hadn't brought with me, you know, cause he was a pain in the ass and, and he was, you know, he had depression and he didn't know it for mm. 30 years. Yeah, you know, all yeah. these kind of things were going on. Yeah, yeah. But actually also there's parts of the teenage Andy that I brought with me where, you know, where a different way of living is possible, where mm. you know, hope is mm. something that you can pursue actively mm. and you can bring out in yourself and, and other people. Mm. That was a teenage me that I, mm. that I hadn't brought with me. I wouldn't be as a good a person or hopefully a good person. So so th- those those kind of things are intention, aren't they? You know, mm. there is a part mm. of always, always our teenage self or always our 10-year-old self. Yeah. Um, for, for good and for bad, you know, mm. and... and and one, you know, one of the reasons so many, you know, you've in, referred to it before, you know, so many youth workers get into youth work because they were the beneficiary of good youth work. Mm, they were the beneficiary mm. of somebody accompanying them in some way, believing mm. in them, giving them hope and possibility. Mm. And we want to pass that on. We want to kind of embody that. Mm. But yeah, so it, it, it's such a, it's such a, such a crucial, crucial thing. The other thing I want to say about that is there is a danger inherent with that thinking I think it's right but there's a danger mm. inherent with that thinking it puts it could put quite a lot of pressure on youth workers on parents on practitioners sure. we if we're not careful we'll go if we don't fix the young people now they're mm. going to carry this injury or this scar mm. or this way of looking at the world that's not positive into mm. their adulthood mm. and anyone who's thinking that I want to just say you know that's not that's not your gig that's not Mm. your thing to fix you know absolutely part of our role is to mitigate is to give young people possibility Mm. help them know that they're not defined by their future mistakes all that kind of stuff is really really positive but it's not our job to fully form them because they might not be fully formed until they're 80 yeah (laughs) and each stage of their life is going to be really really important Mm. absolutely the time they're with you as a young person is going to hopefully is going to define them in really really positive ways mm, but yeah. it's not going to be the thing that makes them everything that they are that's mm. not your big just, mm. just relax relax mm. okay. <laughs> and I think that's a really it's, it's, it's a really good point because we do feel a lot of pressure as youth workers and um 
we can that that pressure can come from all sorts of different places so um tim goff who i was talking to a few weeks ago on the podcast he um he kind of talks about an hourglass kind mm. of image where you've got the youth worker in the middle in that tiny little space in the middle of an hourglass yeah. and they've got um people who they are who feel responsible for the youth worker kind of bearing down on them if you like from above and then they've got a whole bunch of people who they feel responsible for underneath yeah. them in that in that image anyway um and i think that's a really it's a really interesting image of how it can feel really squeezed in the middle yeah uh, youth workers can feel really squeezed by by an awful lot of different things that are going on around them um and i think um churches perhaps are not necessarily known as people who are or employers who uh, manage partic- people particularly well um, and <laughs> and and so you've got a lot of strange things happening above you I think as a, yeah. as a youth worker for, for a church in particular um, and it might feel like actually the place where you belong is is leading young people but you've also got to deal with all these all these other kind of management relationships yeah. Yeah. Or, or supervisory roles that can that that can be quite confusing and mixed um and i wonder what whether you've got any kind of advice or any uh, as um coaching to ask a coach for advice is an interesting one but um yeah. <laughs> you know whether you you have anything kind of really to 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 say about that well, I think I think we, you know, I, I love that hourglass glass image. I'm going to nick that and use that <laughs> in other context. I think, um, because the, you know, we understand the pressure. It's a really visceral image of that. Mm-hmm. Pressure. I, I will say that a lot of the pressure that youth workers have is is entirely self owned. Okay. You know, I mean, you you know, you mentioned you've been you taught taught youth workers. We've supervised youth workers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there is a messiah complex that goes on in youth work. Yeah. I think it's probably a product, particularly of in church youth work. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, there's definitely messiah complex that goes on in other leadership roles in the church as well. But yes. this this idea that not necessarily messiah from I I am the only source of salvation. Sure. That, that's heresy. But um, <laughs> the, but from this, you know, I am the only person who can do this. Yeah. 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 And again, so I refer back to that thing of of, of it's not your gig. You know, you yeah. are part of the support mm. structure for young people. Mm. And, you know, young people who have access to a good youth worker are absolutely mm. blessed. Mm. It's absolutely a, an extra set of resources that they that they can benefit from. Mm. But the youth worker doesn't have to do everything. In fact, the, the youth worker can't do everything. The yeah. students who I taught, who I had the most hope for as practitioners, were always the ones whose instinct was to be collaborative. Yeah. The instinct was to go, I've got strengths in this area, but I've got weaknesses in area, in that area. And yeah. I'll, I'll do what I can to build them up. But I know that if my young people need somebody who can do X, Y, or Z, and yeah. I can't do that, I need to find somebody else who can or another way of resourcing that. Yeah. And they yeah. were the ones who dealt with the pressure best. Yes. You know, even with their own bosses, you know, their bosses mm. would say, you need to be all things to all men. And you would go, well, I can't be all, I, I, I'll do this. Yeah. Um, and if and either this won't get done because I can't do it or we'll have to work together to find out how it can be done, but not by me. Yeah. So that that's one way of relieving the pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think just again, just just to, the other thing to that maybe helps with the pressure is being as honest as you can. You know, mm-hmm. it's a repeated theme, I know, but being as honest with you can with your, both yourself and with everybody that you work with, with your your peers, your employer, your young people and, and saying, yeah. You know, I'm struggling to cope at the moment. I've yeah. got an unrealistic work moment. I haven't had a holiday in three months and I'm beginning to die. Mm. You know, those, those are <laughs> honesty 
yeah. And if people don't respond to it particularly well, then find find a way of help of helping yourself deal with that. You know, we've yeah. all got bosses who aren't sympathetic. Yeah. Um, but there are other ways we can get support, you know, by 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 coaches, by peer support group, um, yeah. or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and making sure that we we're honest about the pressure that we're under. Because yeah. sometimes we'll go, it feels like a lot of pressure, but actually I'm just not dealing with it very well. And there's things I yeah. can do. And other times it will be a lot of it'll feel like a lot of pressure because oh boy, it is a lot of pressure. Yeah, and we need sure. to and remove some of that pressure to cope. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. I think that's some really good some really good stuff in there definitely and also then sort of the flip side of that is thinking about well how might a church be able to help or respond to the pressure that a youth worker is under and that you know is about uh, listening to what your youth worker is actually saying to you (laughs) Um, and not just assuming oh they'll be fine because because they are all things to all men Um, and, and and also recognizing our the, the sort of management's weakness if you like in terms of well I can help with this bit but I can't help with that bit and actually yeah. the same the same things go again don't they in, in terms of recognizing our own weaknesses being honest yeah. about about how we what we know about how to handle difficult difficult situations difficult conversations yeah and you know outside of just the church context you know there's been a you know, it's small, it's not as big a shift as I would like, but there's mm. been a definite shift towards a kind of a, a better awareness of, of mental health issues. I talk about mental yeah. fitness rather than mental health, if I can. Yeah. It's this idea of, you know, of maintaining a level of fitness so yeah. that you can cope with crisis better. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, a lot a lot of businesses are, are being forced to, for monetary reasons, apart from anything else, you know, to, to look at how their workers are coping with the stress of everyday life, particularly yeah. in the pandemic. Mm. And... Again, that level of honesty, the subtle change from an employer saying, um, what resources do you need to do the job better? Which is a really useful question. But instead of just asking a question saying, you know, what is it you you need as a person outside of your job? How can we Mm. support the person outside Mm. of your job? Which Mm. will mean that you you are supported better in your job. You know, so one of the things that was tricky, you know, the last couple of years there was a bit there was this big resurgence in in um resilience training yeah and, and i'm a big big fan of resilience it's very important it is how mm, we mm, mm. but there was this kind of dark edge to it which which you kind of felt in some context it was but we've trained you to cope with high level <laughs> stress therefore yeah. you should just get on with it yeah. when actually you know having permission to go i can't cope with this level of workload with this stress mm. you know i'm having and um, I'm, I'm exhausted I'm not sleeping very well whatever it is and mm, mm. um, it's not just about you know dealing with more it's about having the permission to say yeah that is too much and yeah, I can't yeah. do it you know I'm and really that, that itself is resilience being yeah. able to say that that yeah. is resilience because it is somebody going no this is too much yeah. I'm not going to be able to do this you know in a way that you want me to that that itself yeah. is being resilient and, um, and the, the ideal situation is being in a context, and not everyone is, and mm-hmm. um, and it's really hard to to kind of manufacture. But to be in a context where you know the youth worker has permission to challenge their boss about yeah. their workload and the hours yeah. they're working and the pressures that they're taking on, and that the young people have permission to challenge their youth workers, yeah, yeah, you know, and say, do you know what, you you're doing too much and you need a break. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll cancel club next week. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. You need the time off in order to to properly serve us. Yeah, you need to to leave for a bit. Yes. And, you know, get some R and R. Yes, or whatever it is. 
Yes, that's quite an interesting, that would be an interesting kind of dynamic to have, wouldn't it? Where you've got the people who you are responsible for saying, are you okay? You're not, you don't seem okay, actually. And, you know, you've got this kind of, you look tired and you're sounding stressed. Yeah. You know, how can we, what can we do? How can we? And and that really does work. You know, it might sound like for some people listening, that might go, that, well, that's just an insane situation. It might not be something they want. They want that, and that's sure. fine. Yeah. But, you know, my personal experience is really, really liberating. So I've got a history of poor mental health. I, I like I said, I, I was probably depressed from from my teenage years, but mm-hmm. undiagnosed until well into my forties, mm-hmm. and, and and got really quite seriously ill. When I when I worked as a chaplain in a secondary school, mm. um, I always st- spoke to the staff about this. I always said, you know, well, actually, I've got a history of depression, anxiety. There will be days when I'm not on form. You know, mm. I'm doing my best. I'm, coping, you know, it, it's managed yeah. at the moment, but it's still not going to be great some days. And I would also have that conversation with with the young people appropriately, you mm. know, appropriately, mm. cautiously, carefully. Yeah. But, um, and there were times in the in the three three four years that I was at that school where normally a member of staff but sometimes a young person would go mm. you you're not you're not firing on all cylinders today are you is there anything that I can do or or even just you know that I, I remember once a, a member of staff who I who was going through a crisis and I was trying to help saying to me you're you're not yourself today mm. you know, what's going on and mm. and and I hadn't noticed I hadn't noticed that I wasn't doing well okay. them saying it, you, you're not as you're not final signals was really really helpful because it gave me like that pause to think and to be yeah. honest with myself and to go right what what can I do to mitigate this what can I do to get better how can I you know what what things could can I not do today so that I've got more chance of getting better yeah 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 that's really interesting yeah really good okay so we are sort of coming to the end of yeah. this conversation um, it's been really great, Andy, to chat to you. Thank you it. so much for your time. Uh, just a couple more questions. What? Well, yeah. a couple more things. One is just um, where can people find you if they want to get in touch about various different things? Sure. Okay. So I'm I'm on um, I'm on I'm on Facebook um, and Andy Campbell. You might be able to find me. Who knows? Um, <laughs> if 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 you're a friend of Jenny, then we're friends on Facebook, so you can find yeah. that. Way. I'm, yeah. on, I'm on I'm on Twitter as um, foregone confusion foregone underscore confusion um and i've also my website my um coaching is called qua coaching it's q a w a h it's an old um hebrew word i'm led to believe that means kind of persistent hope so um so yeah so q a w a h dot co dot uk and you'll be able to contact me via that okay great and i will try and put some of those in the show notes as well for people to actually kind of make sure they've got the spelt right and stuff. And then um, the question that I ask everybody Mm. is who would you recommend that I talk to next? Okay. So I know, I know that, um, that you're keen to kind of talk to people outside of the church network exclusively. And um, I, I I really tried to think about that and, and, and I've not come up with a lot that there are, however, there's, there's a, there's a load of really good, youth work organizations that are in that kind of gray area mm, mm, between mm. church and and you know and, and secular work as we yeah. might call it um if you've not spoken to the guys from um from worth unlimited i think oh yes they, I think they would be, they I would know be them. Good. yeah tim or, or matt perry um both brilliant I, i'm slightly biased because i used to work for them um, matt and i trained together at oasis college oh, yeah, we're yeah, in the same cool. cohort so yeah I there you go. Well. 
Um, so, so they're really good. At the, the kind of the, the work that they're doing, where it's informed by a Christian ethos, yeah. but it's not evangelistic in any way. Yeah. Something I'm really keen on. I think that. Um, I think, and also there's. It, it'd be worth having a, having a chat to some school chaplains, um, or, or to yes. people working on the on the edges of schools, mm-hmm. um, because they are. Um, they're, they're, they're often again. It's that kind of that kind of blurred line between is it formal or informal education? Is it youth mm. work or, or teaching? But they've got some real insight, and it, you know, I know having been a teacher yourself and seeing it, yeah. you know, there's permission. You know, genuinely being a chaplain was one of my favourite jobs because I had permission to muck about on the edges of things. I wasn't yeah. a teacher, but I get got to do some things. Yeah, with that, there's loads of really good networks. There's yeah. also an organisation in Islington called Urban Hope. I don't know if you've come across them. Not them, so, no. So um, an ex-colleague of mine is the, the youth director there. Um, okay. And again, they're, they're a youth work project. They're based in a church, but I think, you know, a number of Christians might not recognise what they do as Christian youth work, but it's definitely sure. youth work informed by by faith. So Yeah, yeah, sure. That's great. I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll have a look for all of those. I've got a school chaplain actually on my list of people um, who I um, came across just the other day. So that's great. And um, the Worth Unlimited guys are good. So definitely we'll have a look at them as well. Andy, thank you ever so much for being on with me today. It's been great. It's been really good to chat to you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Jenny Talks podcast. I use the anchor.fm app to record and upload these episodes. It is so easy to use and completely free. What's not to like? If you want to get in touch with me, please email me at jennytalks at gmail.com. It's Jenny with an I. You can also find me on Facebook as at Jenny Talks and on my website, which is jennyosborne.org. If you'd like to buy my Grove book on mental health and young people, do so at the Grove Books website, searching for edition Y56. I'll put all that information into the show notes so that you can just click through. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day. Until next time.